First Baptist Church. It's uh, an honor for me to be here. So um, I know it's a strange day. Uh, I, I, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, matter of fact, I, I texted Ryan uh, early this morning and told him I was just praying for him and praying for that church and praying for this church. And uh, in the midst of uh, a little bit of a strange day, it is the Lord's Day, and it makes it a good day. And so I'm honored to be here on this Lord's Day and to share it with you. And thank you for the opportunity and the privilege. It's always good to see uh, the Director of Missions in church. And so we welcome Brother Keith and Donna. Thank you all for being here. God bless you. Uh, Just great servants of the Lord and good to see you here today. And thank you, uh, First Baptist Church, for just the invitation, the opportunity to be here. And on behalf of the Baptist General Convention of Texas, you're one of 5,000 churches that formed the Baptist General Convention of Texas from all over the state. But I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Uh, I know that you, you give to your church, but I just also want to remind you that, you know, a portion of what your church, what your church receives from you, the church passes on to us as a convention. So I just want you to know a little bit just recently of what we've been able to do with the resources you share with us. You know, back during the, the early days of the pandemic, the COVID-19, pastors from all over the state who work secular jobs but also pastor churches on weekends, many, many of them lost their secular jobs. But I just want to say to you, because of people like you and churches like this, We provided income for 325 pastors who lost their jobs and were able to stay in the pulpit preaching Jesus on Sundays. So thank you for helping us do that. Yeah, it's great. So, um, but there's a little more to that story. So people heard that of what we had done for our Texas Baptist pastors. And so uh, some folks around Texas who have some resources, they shared those with us and said, you know, try to help some others. So we went beyond the borders of Texas, and just in the last six weeks, we've helped 250 pastors in Mexico along the border provide food for their families and their church. So it's good news. It's been wonderful. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the thank you notes that I've gotten from those pastors, not only in Texas, but in Mexico. In their, in their broken English, sending me little messages saying, thank you for, for helping me feed my family and, and provide ministry to, to our church. But see, but it doesn't stop there. More people heard about that. And so some resources kept coming in, and we have a relationship with the country of Peru. And so I just want you to know we provided resources for 81 pastors in Peru to provide food for their families and refugees who've been coming to Peru from Venezuela. And 81 of those pastors were helped with food for their families and for the refugees. And then we have a relationship with the African country of Sierra, Sierra Leone. And already we've helped 50 pastors over there provide food for their families and their church. So the Lord just continues to, to bless that small gift that we started with. So, you know, the, old, the, the, the miracle of feeding the 5,000, 
It's a, it's a modern-day story of what God can do when his people, are fa- his people are faithful. So I just want to say to you, thank you for that. And um, so I'm, I, I try to watch the news just to stay in touch and to stay informed. But I've I got to be honest with you, it's really hard to watch the news today. So it started back in, uh, I guess, February or whatever, when the, the early stories began to come our way. I live in Dallas. I'm not a city person. I grew up in La Mesa, Texas, so I don't even like living in Dallas, but it's, it's where I have to live right now. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I were talking about that just last night, you know, why do we live here? Uh, and then I reminded her this is where I work. And so, but the news is hard to watch. Um, and so it started with the, the pandemic. And, I, you know, I heard some little stories about you had some issues out here even. Uh, but we have issues. They, they've got us scared to death in Dallas. I was just so glad not to have to walk in here today without a mask on. So, you know, I go to the grocery store in Dallas with a mask and goggles and gloves. I mean, I, I feel like I'm just in, in, a, in a movie. And so I watch that, and every day they give a report on how many people have uh, tested positive that day. It's about 250 a day in Dallas, and then how many people have died, and it's not very many have died. Any one person is too many, but, and they never tell you how many people have recovered, which is about 99%, but that's, that's not the story that we're told. Uh, nonetheless, um, so then... Um, all the protests began. And so we've had that in Dallas, our, our fair share of that. There was even some rioting and looting in downtown Dallas. And so there's a pretty sizable section of, of around downtown Dallas that they, uh, that they put a curfew on at 8 o'clock at night. And, uh, but they took the curfew away last night because nobody paid any attention to it. So uh, all that to say, I'm a guy who likes to watch the news. But I've quit watching the news. It's just, it's just a little too depressing for me. So I'm not a mechanic at all. But I've started watching these car repair shows. And so it's, it's so much more enlightening. It's so much more encouraging. And, and now my wife's got me watching the Hallmark Channel. And so uh, I guess the Food Network is all I've got left. And so... I just wanted to come to you today and just remind you that in the midst of all the bad news that's out there, there's some good news. And I just want to, I want to focus a little bit today on, on good news. Matter of fact, I went on Facebook this morning and I, I said, you know, in the world in which we live right now, everybody out there seems to be looking for some answers and they seem to be looking for some direction and they're looking for those answers, and they're looking for that direction from human leaders and from government and from science. And I get it that we need all of those, but I just said on Facebook today, I am praying for our Texas Baptist pastors that while people are looking for answers and while people are looking for direction, that we would be faithful in our pulpits today and point people to Jesus. And so that's what I want to do this morning. So if you've got your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9. Uh, I just want to remind you that in the midst of all the bad news, there's a little good news. And so 
If you've got your Bible, turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9. And by the way, this morning, and, and you'll be relieved to know I'm not a long-winded preacher. Uh, brevity is one of my spiritual gifts. So I won't take long, but keep your Bible open because I'm going to look at a couple of different passages this morning. But let's start Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. So just, just follow with me. Matthew 9, verse 1. So getting into a boat... Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. And they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the the paralyzed man, Jesus said, Take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, it's that little phrase, a little two-word phrase, take courage, that I just want you to kind of circle in your mind for a minute this morning. Now, I'm not sure how your translation takes that phrase, take courage, and renders it in your scripture this morning. Some will say, have courage. Uh, Some will say, uh, uh, be of good cheer. I think that's actually the King James Version. Take courage, have courage, be of good cheer. It's, it's translated in, a different, in different ways. But I'm going to give you the David Hardage translation of that phrase this morning. Now, this is not exactly correct from Greek to English, but I like the way it says. So I just want you to hear Jesus saying to this man who's paralyzed, just hear him say, good news, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, if you go back and look at that, that, that story, so these, these friends of this man uh, bring him to Jesus, and this man apparently has two problems. He has a physical problem, he's paralyzed, and he, like you and me, has a spiritual problem, he's a sinner. So as only Jesus can do, Jesus cures this man of both of his problems. He looks at him and says physically, you know, your sins are forgiven and therefore you are now able to stand up and walk. And then spiritually, he says, your sins are forgiven and now you can stand up and walk. It kind of is the same uh, phrase. It says, take courage, have courage, be of good cheer, good news, son. One, spiritually, your sins have been forgiven. And then two, physically, You are made whole and well. I just want to remind you and me today, in the midst of all the bad news that's out there, there is some good news for you. Your sins are forgiven. So, I'm going to give you a little example of what that kind of looks like and feels like, and it's a strange example, and I, I know that up front. And so I'll own up to it. So as I start with this, you may not understand where I'm going, but I think I have a point. And so, you know, try to get it. Uh, So I want you to just take, use your imagination for a moment. And if you just think of a, of a stopped up sink. Now, so when I put that image in my mind, my my grandparents are... uh, farmed in Vernon, Texas. You know where Vernon is. It's right on the Red River, uh, right just, I mean, just south of Oklahoma. And I spent most of my summers uh, on the farm 
with my grandparents. And they had a little farmhouse. And they had a, this little bathroom. And it had a pedestal sink. Now, it wasn't a new sink that was made to look old. It was old. And, but what I remember about that is it was, it, it, there was nothing fancy about it. And so this sink had a chain and a rubber stopper. And by the way, with all the technology advances that we have made, I'm, I'll be honest with you. You know, what really works best is a chain and a rubber stopper. All that to say, when I think of a stopped-up sink, I just kind of, I, I think of that chain and that rubber stopper. Here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is when you pull that chain and you remove that rubber stopper and everything that it was, was backed up and it kept that sink from working properly and from functioning as it should drains away and what's left is what it was made to be. And that's a, to me, that is just a picture of forgiveness. Because you and I, we have all of this sin and Accompanying that sin is guilt and shame, and then and, and that leads to a, a, a level of bitterness and a level of, of uncertainty. And it, when we go before the Lord, and you and I, we, we confess our sins, we know that He is faithful, He is just, He will forgive us our sins, He will remove all of that from us, and all of a sudden, you and me and we can live our lives as we were created to live them. That is a picture of forgiveness, and I'm just reminding you today, good news, your sins are forgiven. So, if you're here today and you've, you've never walked before the Lord in, a, in, in kind of that fresh spirit of asking Him for, to forgive you of your sins and to invite Jesus Christ into your life, we're here to present Jesus to you. We're here today to point you to Jesus. You're here today. You've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. But maybe in the recent days, recent weeks, recent months, you've kind of gotten bogged down with, with, with life as it is, and you just need to pull that stopper of forgiveness and let Jesus come back and let you live in the like he created you to live it and experience it. I'm just saying to you, listen, there's some good news out there in the midst of all the pandemic, in the midst of all the protest. The good news is your sins are forgiven. Are forgiven. Just look to Jesus. So you got your Bible still open? Turn over to Matthew chapter 14. Just a couple of pages over Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to read verse 27. Matthew 14, verse 27, then I'll give you a little bit of the story. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, see that little phrase, take courage? Same phrase that you and I read in Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. Have courage, be of good cheer. Take courage, good news. Let me tell you what the good news is. So Jesus and his disciples had just gone through that feeding of the 5,000 experience. When they had that whole experience complete, Jesus sends his disciples away. They get in the boat and they go out onto the Sea of Galilee about a mile. Jesus stays by himself to kind of recuperate 
and, and regenerate. It's a pretty good practice, actually, to be by yourself to recuperate and regenerate spiritually. That's what's happening for Jesus. After he kind of goes through that, he just decides to make a visit back to his disciples. So what's the quickest play way to go from point A to point B? Straight line. And so Jesus decides to take us beeline and walk across the water to the disciples. Now, put yourself in the boat with the disciples. If you read the scripture, it says two things are happening to them out there. It says, number one, the wind had picked up, and number two, the waves were against them. So the wind and the waves were against them. And so these were people who were comfortable on the sea, and so they were, they were wrestling, working, anxious because the, way into what, the wind and the waves. So in this midst of their anxious experience, all of a sudden they see this human figure walking towards them. Now, what quickly transpires is a transition from anxiety to fear. And it's in the midst of their fear when they hear this voice from the water that says, take courage, have courage, cheer up, good news, don't be afraid, it's me. They recognize that voice and all of a sudden in the midst of that storm where they were, they hear the voice of Jesus. This is like a a promise of companionship in the midst of your storm. So I would say to you, well, let, me, let me say it like this. Before I became the executive director of the Baptist General Convention of Texas, I was a pastor for 24 years. Love being a pastor. I learned this about every church where I was a pastor and every person in every church. So what I'm going to say to you, I think, is true as well. Everybody here is dealing with or struggling with something. There are no exceptions to that. Everybody's got something. Some wind, some wave against you. Everybody feels something. Everybody's struggling with something. Everybody's dealing with something. It can, it can be finances. You know, I... I, I I come across people now with 40 million people out of work. It's more so than ever before. But a lot of people in 2020, June 2020, find that they have more month than they have money. Financial issues are against you. Um, Physical issues, some of you feel like that is against you. You've got uh, medical tests coming up maybe this week. You're anxious about those. I get that. Maybe you've had those tests. You're waiting for the results. Anxious about that. I get that. Maybe you've had those tests. You got the results back. It wasn't what you'd wanted or prayed for, and now you're anxious about that. I understand that. You feel like either maybe your finances are against you. Maybe your physical ailments are against you. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with something relationally with children, with grandchildren, with mom, with dad, with coworkers, with classmates, whatever that may be. We, we kind of live in, in a world with others, even though we're separated from them, we still live with them. I just simply say, there's not a person here who's not wrestling with something. It's, it's, and it's different maybe for every person here. But regardless of what you're wrestling with, regardless of what you're struggling with, I just would remind you, 
hear Jesus say, hear Jesus say to you this morning, it's good news, don't be afraid, I'm with you. It's a simple promise. It's a promise of a forgiveness of sin. It's a promise of companionship in the midst of life's storms. And I'm not sure that we've ever had as stormy a season, at least in my lifetime, as what we are going through right now in 2020. I don't know if 2020 is a year to remember or to forget. All that to say, I don't know when we've had more storms than what we have right now. And in the midst of that big storm world we're living in, there are all these other things that you're struggling with and all these other things that I'm dealing with. Don't be afraid. Good news. It's the voice and presence of Jesus. So I got one more. If you have your Bible, turn to the Gospel of John chapter 16. The Gospel of John chapter 16 And I'm going to read the last verse, verse 33. Now, before I read that, let me tell you that this is where uh, Jesus has been telling his disciples about what is coming. In other words, Jesus has been telling his disciples that um, the time has drawn near for him to go to Jerusalem and that when he gets to Jerusalem, what's going to happen to them there is not going to be pretty. And, and they're trying to get their mind around that. They've given up everything for three years to follow after Jesus. Now he's kind of breaking this news to them, not so subtly as he had in the past. He's really putting it out there for them as to what's coming. And so these disciples who had given up everything to follow him for three years uh, now hear that he is going to Jerusalem and, and what's going to happen there is going to change the course of history and they're getting their minds around that. So they're nervous about it, they're anxious about it, they're concerned about it, they're afraid. And then Jesus says to them in John 16, verse 33, just look what he says. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. It's the same phrase. When Jesus said, take courage, your sins are forgiven. When he said, take courage, don't be afraid, it's me. Here he says, take courage, I have overcome the world. He's saying that to these disciples who feel like their whole world is just now beginning to come crushing down on them and they are just wary of what's about to happen. It's a little bit of the way I feel today in 2020, June the 7th. I've got this anxious spirit about me today. As I watch and read of these protests, as I watch and listen and try to adjust to the pandemic. I can't speak for anybody else, but I needed to hear Jesus say to me today, uh, take courage, David. In the world, there's tribulation. You know, in in the world, there are pandemics. In the world, there are protests. In me, 
there is peace. What a contrast. So look to Jesus and find that peace in the midst of all the tribulation. Jesus is promising here like victory. And I needed to hear a promise of victory today. Now, does anybody here like to lose? Anybody like to lose? I, I, don't, I don't like to lose. Now, let me just say, I grew up in La Mesa, Texas, like I told you earlier. Now, for reasons I cannot explain, for reasons you could never possibly understand, I played football in high school. You know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. My coach uh, used to encourage me with these words. He would say, well, Hartage, you may be small, but at least you're slow. So, so do you learn from losing? That's, that's, that's a real question. Do you learn from losing? I think maybe you do. So if, if it's true that you learn from losing, just know that when I was a senior in high school, I played on the smartest team in our district. Just think that through. You'll get it mid-afternoon. All that nobody likes to lose. So what I sense is that in the last month, two months, those of us who are believers in and followers of Jesus Christ. I don't, want, I don't know how to say this exactly, but it seems like maybe we have allowed a little bit of a losing mentality to take over. And I'm just reminding you today that you are not and I am not and we are not losers. I am not, you are not, and we are not losing because we have attached ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has said, take courage, have courage, be of good cheer. There's good news for you. I have overcome the world and you're with me. So, brothers and sisters, when you go home later this evening and you turn on the news... And it comes with that first commercial break. And you'll, you'll need the break by the time it comes. Just remember, and that's the midst of all the bad news you may have just heard. Just in your mind and in your heart, come back to church this morning. And remember, there's some good news out there. My sins are forgiven in the midst of whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm struggling with. I have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ with me. And I am not and we are not losing because I have attached myself to the creator, the sustainer, and the redeemer of the world. Good news, First Baptist Mason. This is a good day. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the blessings. Thank you for our time. Thank you for loving us and caring for us and providing for us your word. Thank you that it is a, a book of promises for your people. And God, we just thank you that today, in the midst of everything that uh, we hear, in the midst of everything that we see, that we can pause and remember and be reminded of 
who you are and what you have done and what you offer. And Father, help us to anchor ourselves in your word, on your truth, and to your Son. Hold us tightly. Give us the right ways to think. Give us the right words to speak. Give us, show us the right actions to take. Use us to make a difference. Lift our spirits. And we thank you for all of it. Father, right now we give this invitation to you. Be honored and glorified through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So real quickly, if you're here today and you've never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're going to sing here in a minute. I'll stand to the front. I know you don't know me, and that's okay. Jesus knows you. We're all for you. We're all with you. We want you to come. We're praying for you. Please come. If you don't know Jesus, let me talk to you about that this morning. Maybe you know Jesus. You need just to walk before him in a fresh spirit. I'm here to pray with you this morning. Please come. Kneel at this altar and pray if you need to. Looking for a church? This is a great church. I live in Dallas. I would love to be a part of this church. Maybe I should. Whatever decision you need to make, you make it today. Let's stand together. Let's sing. We invite you to come. me. Mm-hmm. 